0: All right, good morning, everybody. This morning will be in Exodus 28. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, I always make sure that I'm not in the wrong book. It's never happened before, but there's always an opportunity for that to take place. A lot of peanut gallery back there today, isn't there? Hey, i feisty, aren't you? Calvary Chapel Women's Luncheon, April 1st, 2017. Of course, what other year would it be? I guess I was dumb to say that. 10:30 to 3:30 here. Um, there's a sign-up sheet in the back if you want to let us know if you're coming or not. Let's us uh, prepare the food and, and, and uh, set up the right amount of tables and so on for that. So anyway, that's April 1st. 10:30 to 3:30. Okay, and that was it. Um, there is a, a planning meeting and a, a volunteer meeting for Breaking Chains again, March 12th, here at the church, 3 o'clock. Just like what we did last time, but I um, want to do it again and maybe get a little more focus, I assume, and uh, hopefully some more folks to come by. We're really short on stage crew, um, not we. They are really short on... So I'm not short on anything, because I'm not running it. I get to sit here, and I don't know if it's going to work out or not, you know, but they are, and they need, what do you need, 24 how many need for stage crew? Uh, 15, or 15 or 16, 24. I'm a good average, yeah. And what that means is you don't have to know about stage, you don't have to know about sound. We just need muscles and active people, and not even muscles. You know, weaklings can come and do this also. Um, we just need hands to, because the band's got to switch out. They have what, 15 minutes is all, 20 minutes in between and they're bringing in new gear, and we're taking out old gear, and that has to happen 12 different times, and so it's kind of a uh, a deal, so if you can, if you have the time that day, it's a, I know it's a commitment, um, it is a long. it's from, well, probably from 10 a.m. for the, for the folks to get here to start helping, if not sooner, because it starts at 12, all the way till they pack up in their RVs and drive away, kind of thing, they really need help, and so, Um, that's what this volunteer meeting is for, for people who can say, yep, I promise I'm going to be here, Lord willing, you know, my arm doesn't break or my leg doesn't break, but I'm going to be here if I'm able, and I'm going to help. And so uh, March 12th, uh, we'll be having that meeting at 3 o'clock here, if you can join us for that. And other churches are going to bring some groups we hope to help also. It's not just us, and so um, anything you can do uh, would be appreciated, I'm sure. Alright, this morning in Exodus chapter 28, we move from the building of the temple, or the tabernacle, um, to the priesthood. Remember, our high priest is Jesus, and that's uh, always important. So as we, just as we went through the tabernacle, uh, being like Christ, remember Jesus tabernacled amongst us, that's what John chapter 1 says. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We sang a song called Dwell, and that means tabernacled. Okay, And it means he tented with us, he stayed with us, he came into our presence, and that's the idea behind the tabernacle. It represented Christ. all of it does. so as we talk about the high priest and the other priests um it's it's uh, it, it continues on with that same uh, thought this is this is Jesus, okay, and uh, we don't do these things anymore. Well, we're not supposed to do these things anymore. We still have relics. We still bring some of this stuff in from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Um, we still try to bring robes into it and ornate things and ceremonial things like they had. But truly, Christ fulfilled all of that. All of it, He's fulfilled. None of that is to be left over. Um, we don't even have the temple anymore. The temple is us, We're the Holy Spirit. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, the the purified hearts that are represented in the ephods and all the different clothing they would wear. That's us, you know. And We've been purified through Jesus Christ. Everything is fulfilled. All the Sabbaths, uh, all the feasts, all of this in the Old Testament was all pointing to Jesus. And now we have him in our hearts. So simple now. So beautifully simple now. To believe on Christ is to be complete. You're fulfilled, you know. And so uh, that's... That's the idea. So chapter 28, verse 1. Now, take Aaron your brother, he's talking to Moses, take Aaron your brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me as priest, Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, Uh, uh, whom I have filled with the Holy Spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a skillfully woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. So they shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, and his sons, that he may minister to me as priest." In order to be a part of the priesthood in the Old Testament, you had to be born into the priesthood. You didn't get to aspire. There was no school. There wasn't a degree. I'm going to be in the priesthood now, is the idea. Uh, You're born into it. So if you were a son of Aaron, guess what? You're a priest. Um, And you better figure it out, you know, kind of thing. And Of course, that translates over to us as being Christians You're born again into the family of God, which automatically then makes us in the lineage of the priesthood. We're under that uh, calling and election. Romans chapter 1, or sorry, Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, describe that, that we're priests and kings. We've been made priests and kings through Jesus. We've been born into this priesthood. Now, we're not the high priest. That's Jesus, our big brother. But we are the other priests, which we'll read at the very end of this chapter, okay? But you have to be born into that. You don't get to earn it. You don't get a degree. You don't have to. Uh, you don't get to any other way but through being born into that. It's a it's a heritage. It's a right, um, and we've been given that through being born again in Jesus Christ. And so, very important to know that. A couple things about these clothing that they're going to be wearing. They're they're to be made by, worn by. We've got that's us. We're supposed to wear these things. Um, those who are born into this family, but made by gifted artisans. And the gifted artisans who are going to be making these things are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Even the tailors need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, because it is artistic. I do want you to have a flavor to it. I do want to give you some room, some license, you know, to be creative. But I don't want you to do it in your, in your strength or in your flesh. I want it to be done by the Holy Spirit. You have to be inspired You have to be led, and then you you do it. But it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing as you're led by the Holy Spirit. It's so important that when we're serving God that we're filled with the Spirit, no matter what we're doing, whether that's setting up chairs or whether that's teaching up here. You know, you need to be filled with the Spirit to do these things. It isn't just a matter of unstacking the chairs and getting them in a row that looks somewhat okay. It seems like, you know, I, I get that a lot. People give me a hard time about how I'm kind of a chair Nazi about these things, but there's value to thinking about it and praying about it and saying if I was sitting here am I going to be looking at the back of somebody else's head will I be able to see the words you know uh, everything can I can I fit down that aisle over there can everybody fit down that aisle over there you know it's very important these things matter there's a you know all of it matters all of it. it is there enough toilet paper in the bathroom that matters It takes someone filled with the Spirit, and here's why, because the Spirit's thinking of others all the time, not thinking of getting the task done or the job done, or let's hurry up with this. But they're thinking about the people that will be uh, enjoying your labors, basically, you know. And so these artisans needed to be filled with the Spirit. We all need to be filled with the Spirit as we serve God in every way or in any way. It doesn't matter what you do. It's not about getting the task done. Anybody can do that. We could hire an army to do certain things and get it all done, but if they're not filled with the Spirit, what value is it? You know? This being filled with the Spirit is a common theme. It's in the women's luncheon and I means throughout Scripture. Because it's the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. It's so important. To be without the Holy Spirit, to be without the Spirit of Christ is to be working in your own spirit and your own flesh. And that, that doesn't work out well in the end. And so, that's what he wants. I want these gifted men and women probably, artisans who have been filled with the Holy Spirit to make these. And I want you to separate Aaron. I want you to consecrate them. And these garments are just for these guys. Not everybody gets to wear them. And they're, I love the way he describes them. They're beautiful. You know? Uh, These garments are uh, for glory and for beauty. I, I, I want that. I don't want black. You know? with a little white collar in front. You know, I, I, want, I don't want death. I don't want mourning. I don't want, I don't want it that way. That's ugly. That's scary. That's, that, that, make, that makes people feel... Let me tell you about the good news as I'm wearing this dark black robe. You know? Ugh. No. No, no, no. I want it to be beautiful, vibrant, colorful. When they see, they're like... It's a joy to see the high priest... It's not intimidating. You don't, you don't run away. You don't shy away. When you see the high priest, the, imagine a kid. Okay, nobody wore clothes like this. What we're going to describe here is unbelievable with stones and all these things and all this gold, gold rope holding the things on and all this. Only one person got to wear those things. And the whole crowd, the millions of people, there. nobody wore clothes like this. And so when you would see the high priest, imagine the kids. That, that's always a good indicator. What do the kids think? Of the high priest, don't stare, honey. I can't stop staring. That's amazing. Look at all those pretty jewels, and they're just the kids are just in awe and wonder and amazing. Like, I love it. That's so cool. Here he comes. Here he comes. Here he comes mom. You know, it's like a parade. Are they coming? Here come the fire. I can see the lights. You know, they're starting, kind of thing. The excitement. That's how it should be when you see Jesus. Excitement. There he is. There he is. There he is. There he is. You know, not running in fear. Not Afraid or, or, eh, you know, whatever. There he is. No, just absolute awe and wonder and I can't stop staring is the idea at the high priest. And so I want this. God wants this. This isn't their idea. This is God's idea. I want this. I want it beautiful. In John chapter 3 verses 3 and 7, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus about being born again. You don't understand the things of the Spirit. You're not going to understand the things of the Spirit, the heavenly things, Nick. Unless you're born again, you've got to be born again, you know. And in 1 Peter 2 through 5, or 2, verse 5, it says that um, he's made us into this holy priesthood. He wants us to be a part of that. Now, we don't, we don't wear those clothes. We don't, we don't don that, those digs, you know but we're around him all the time and we represent him and we serve alongside of him is the idea still filled with the spirit still needing all of that and then so people should say something similar about us as we walk as christians you know when you walk in the room and you can't always help how people react to a christian walking into the room some of it gets ugly sometimes and, and like it did with christ it's no no different to be put on a cross to be whipped to be beaten just because you're a christian that's we shouldn't be surprised at that, but there should always be those who are looking for salvation, who are hoping for grace. When they see the Christian, they should be excited to see you and to see me, because they know they're going to get it. They know they're going to get it. And so I want you to do this, he says. I want you to get, these, get ready for these guys to wear what these guys make. Verse 5. They shall take the gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and the fine linen, and they shall make the ephod of gold blue purple and scarlet thread of fine woven linen artistically worked it shall have two shoulder straps joined at its two edges and so it shall be joined together and the intricacy or intricately excuse me woven band of the ephod which is on it shall be of the same workmanship made of gold blue purple scarlet thread and fine woven linen not wool linen You'll see that. It's a common thing when the priest, they're going to be working hard all day long, but I want them to wear linen because I don't want the garments, I don't want the the wearing of this to cause you to be itchy and uncomfortable or to sweat. It's supposed to be relieving. You know, I, I, There's so many different kinds of fabric nowadays. The the, the dry wear, which is able to wick away moisture while you're working and, and working out, or, or whatever, if you're one of those people, or whatever, you know, nobody likes to wear wool. I don't think, anyway, except maybe it looks good or it drapes nicely or something. But otherwise, it's it's pretty miserable to wear a wool sweater without a t-shirt underneath or a, a button down or something. It's pretty miserable. Well, God wants these guys to be wearing this linen. I want you cool. I want you calm. It is going to be hard work, but I don't want the work to be what you're wearing, the calling on your life. I do want you to work hard, but I don't want the, the clothes you're wearing to add to the problem, to the difficulty. I want that to be relieving. Likewise, Christ is supposed to be relieving to us. There is work to be done. There are ministry fields. It isn't, it isn't easy to unstack the chairs or to clean the restrooms or to do whatever, you know to prepare a teaching. It's not easy to do. You've got to take the time and you've got to dig and you got to, a lot of stuff you've got to do for this. But I don't want your calling to be a burden to you. But there is hard work involved. Both are necessary. necessary. And so I want it to be made of linen. Make sure it's linen. And I don't want any blended. But don't, don't be blending it. Don't be putting wool and linen together or even cotton and, or, or cotton and wool together. I, I want it to be just pure linen. Verse 9, then you shall take two onyx stones, onyx is black, and engrave on them the names of the sons of Israel, six of their names on one stone and six names on the other stone in order of their birth. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engraving of a signet, you shall engrave the two stones with the names of the sons of Israel, and you shall set them in settings of gold and you shall put the two stones on the shoulders of the ephod as memorial stones for the sons of Israel. So Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders as a memorial. You shall also make settings of gold, and you shall make two chains of pure gold like braided cords that fasten the braided chains to the setting. So he's got these two black stones up here that have the names engraved on them. The engraving of the Israeli names, or, or Jacob's sons' names, are designed to let everybody know. Look, it's established and firm upon these twelve uh, uh, nations. Basically, they become nations; they become their own uh, group. These tribes—it's—it's um, it's based off of this. They're the—they're the—they're the foundation. Okay. And I want Aaron to bear these on his shoulders now. If we're, making the tra- if we're making the comparison to Christ, what do these mean? What's the point of these? Well, Jesus bears the sins, that's the blackness, on the shoulders of those tribes. That's why he weeped and mourned for the nation of Israel. You should have known this day. He had a, a burden for them. And he would bear their sins on the cross. And that's the idea. I bear these on my shoulders. I, I carry the weight of this. And he carries the weight of my sin and your sin on his shoulders beautiful picture now we don't have this anymore we should just understand this but this is a picture of what Christ will do for the world and he puts our names on those stones and our sins rest upon him and so I want this on him and I want them to wear wear this constantly I want Aaron whenever he's uh, serving me I want those on top so um, he remembers the weight he understands what he's doing it's for the high priest too and we need to know that to remember the weight To understand what he's done for us, what he's done for others, too. Not just ourselves, but everybody. He bears their sins. So I want you to make these and put those on there. Now, the next thing is the breastplate. Breastplate would just sit right here. It's a square, and it's got 12 stones on it and some other things. And we'll read it. You shall make the breastplate of judgment. Now, not judgment like I'm going to get you kind of judgment, but like deciding, making decisions kind of thing. Okay? We'll, we'll see how this is used later on. Artistically woven according to the workmanship of the ephod, you shall make it of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. And you shall you shall make it. It shall be doubled into a square. A span shall be its length, and a span shall be its width. So that's a span between my from my thumb to my to my finger. Now, if you had a big NBA basketball player, would be a lot bigger than that. You know, you can palm a basketball, but. A span That's about how big it is, about 10 inches by 10 inches. And here's what I want you to do once you make this square fabric. I want you to put settings of stones in it, four rows of stones. The first row shall be Sardis, Tobaz, and Emerald, those three. This shall be the first row. The second row shall be Turquoise, Sapphire, and Diamond. The third row, uh, Jacinth, and Agate, uh, and Amethyst. And the fourth row uh, of... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, a beryl, an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold settings, and the stones shall have the names of the sons of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of the signet. Each one with its own name, they shall be according to the twelve tribes. So each stone has one of the names. You've got six on this side, six on this side, then one on each one of these twelve stones. So when they would pray, well, I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert, when they would pray about stuff, who's supposed to go to battle first? We don't know what happened, but they knew by this breastplate it's the tribe of Judah supposed to go. And that stone, whatever happened, they would know. I hate to say that it would light up, but it does indicate that. I don't know what's going on there. I guess God can do whatever he wants to do. But that's how they would make a decision. Who's going to do what at what time? Or who's guilty? I mean, they did that too, you know. and so there's these 12 stones. What I like about this is it's covering his heart. He wears it over his heart. The high priest does. It's, it's on his heart. Not only do I carry the burden of the ministry, but the people are on my heart. They matter. I care about them. I want them to be comfortable. I don't grudgingly put on this ephod and this breastplate. It's for them that I do what I do. It's what I do. It's why I do. And they're ever in my mind. They're ever before me is the idea. Christ ever lives to make intercession for us. He didn't go to the cross for himself. He went to the cross for us. No matter what kind of week you had, what kind of day you've had, how much sin you committed this week or didn't commit, whatever, remember he's for us. He went to the cross for us. I I don't want you to be separated from me. I don't want you to not be in fellowship with me. I don't want there to be distance between you and me. I want to get as close to you as possible. So I'm making a way for that, because you can't. He's for us. And so there's these 12 stones, all different colors. Would have been really beautiful to look at, you know. Kids would have loved it for sure. God likes variety. He loves variety. I mean, he could have just put all red stones on there and put each name on it, and each one of them still would have lit up, and it would have been fine, right? But everybody's got their own thing, you know. You're, You're green, you know. And you're blue, and, and you're red, and you're black. You like black. Al Groskirth up in Omaha. That guy for five years, I think, wore a black shirt and black pants. And I, I want to, to give him a hard time, call him Johnny Cash. Uh, but it was, you know, I, I asked him one time, I said, why do you wear all black? He goes, I don't know. It's just, I, I just, like, like the way that looks. You know, there was no spiritual deep meaning behind it, but that was just his thing. And so you could spot him in a crowd, Really easy to see him, of course he's six what six six twenty two or something like that he's a gigantic guy. you could easily spot him, full of joy, big just a big personality all the way around he was a he was a navy uh fighter pilot, and he would uh, he trained so he was like he he is top gun, you know he was one of those guys kind of thing, and try to figure this giant frame in this tiny tiny fighter so funny you don't care about Al, but the idea is we're black okay um People are just like that. There's, there's, just, there's differences in all of us, and God appreciates all of that. He loves the quiet people, you know. And, he, and, he, and, and I, I hope he likes the loud people too, you know. I'm hoping. He likes a gentle, quiet spirit in everybody. I got to remember that. But he likes our personalities. He made us that way, you know. Some people are just, I'm just meant to be a librarian. You know, that's good. That's OK. You know, and I mean, quiet and and, and just thoughtful, you know, boy, we need people like that. And then there's others that just kind of run off a cliff and say, oh, hope I got a sh- parachute on, you know, kind of thing. Then, then there's those folks, too. And we need them, too, because the librarian packs the parachute for that guy who's running off the cliff. You're going to need this, honey, you know, and it's a really good thing. God loves variety in the body of Christ, and He uses all of it. Some people like to work quietly. Some people like to do things out front. Some people like to bang on drums. Other people like to sing, and just differences. But they're all on His heart. They're all there, and it's square, and it's designed to be. No one is, no one's above, below, or whatever. It's why it's square, you know. It's the same. You shall make chains for the breastplate at the end like braided cords of pure gold and you shall make two rings of gold for the breastplate and put the two rings on the two ends of the breastplate then you shall put the two braided chains of the gold in the two rings which are on the ends of the breastplate and the other two ends uh, of the of the two braids you shall fasten to the uh, two settings and put them on the shoulder straps of the ephod in front. So it would connect here; it would hang down. There's the square, and I think comes around in the back is the idea, like an apron kind of thing. Is this? Uh, but I don't know. I mean, when when you describe it with words, it could look a hundred different ways. But they let them know anyway how to make it. They shall bind the breastplate by means of its rings to the rings of the ephod using a blue cord that symbolic of heaven, blue is the color of heaven, so that it is above the intricately woven band of the ephod, and so that the breastplate does not come loose from the ephod. It's connected. So Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel on the breastplate of judgment over his heart when he goes into the holy place as a memorial before the Lord continually. And you shall put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be over Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord. So Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel over his heart before the Lord continually. You can get the idea it's over his heart, it's over his heart, it's over his heart. He says that three different times, or he wants us to know that. Now, the Urim and the Thummim, we don't know what those are. A lot of people speculate what they are. And uh, um, here's what they aren't. They aren't Joseph Smith's magic glasses that helped him to read the golden plates. okay. That's what they're not. Uh, But what they are, we don't know. All we know is they would put they were there. And they would use these to judge. And you'll see that in several scriptures Numbers 27 21, 1 Samuel 28 6, Ezra 2 63, and Nehemiah 7 I think 15 or 65. I can't read my writing. Probably 15, since there's usually not 65 verses in a chapter. But they're used frequently. to discern what God's will is. It's the idea behind them. Um, I'll give you one example of what they think it is. Because we don't know. Nobody knows. But they think it might have been a black and a white stone. And black would mean no and white would mean yes kind of thing. And they would pray and ask the Lord. And then they'd throw the, you know, go into their pocket and pull one out. And oh, it's a white one. That means yes. Maybe. What it was though, what it did, was to discern God's will. Okay. Um, but only the high priest had it. Only the high priest had it. And uh, so we don't need to know what it is. Jesus is the one who discerns his Father's will. Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus is the one who always is about his Father's business, doing his will. When I want to discern what the will is for God in my life, I pray. And I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of Christ, and that's how I know. I don't have an umum and a thurman, or however you pronounce it, Something sounds like have a lisp. I don't have that, nor do I need it. I don't need an umum and a Thumum. I, I have Christ. I have the Holy Spirit. And I'm not always right. It's not 100%. And not because he's wrong or because he's ambiguous in his decisions, or, you know, it's me. I get in the way. I like to hear my flesh, and I, and I say, well, that was the voice of the Lord, and it really wasn't, you know. But what I do, I want to do by faith. So I trust in that. I rest. I pray. I seek the Lord. I want to do His will. The idea here behind this is, are you seeking the Lord at least on these things? Are you asking God, not for His opinion? I hear that sometimes. I want to get God's opinion on the matter. God doesn't have opinions. He has statements. He has orders to follow you know no 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 corporal ever walked up to the general and said I'd like to know your opinion on the battle plan here you know no 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 what is the battle plan and I will implement it is the idea when we come to God in prayer that should be our attitude as a private on the battlefield God general what is your what are your orders for me you know God doesn't always have orders sometimes he wants us in the fight sometimes he doesn't want us in the fight I've got to ask. Sometimes he wants us to be in the front, sometimes he wants us to be in the back. He's got different jobs for us to do, whatever it may be. I seek the Lord. I pray about these things. As Christians, there is no other way to discern the Lord except by through prayer and the Holy Spirit. You can't play Bible roulette. I see, I said, you know, that today's quiet time. You know? But when a young man heard that, you know. That's not how we do it. That's not how we're called to do it. It's not an umam and a Thurman. you know I, I'm never going to get that right. That's not what it is. You don't just flip and point. That's the will of the Lord, kind of thing. God guide my, It's not a Ouija board, you know, God guide my finger. No, it's a relationship. Just like I would ask my wife, "What do you think, honey?" Or she would ask me, "What do you think?" It's a little different. <laughs> Again, like the private and the general kind of thing. What, what Not what do you think, what do you ask, what do you want, is how prayer should be. That's our umum, our urum and thumum. We seek the Lord and we pray and we wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit and we do what he tells us to do. Verse 31, you shall make the robe of the ephod all of blue. There shall be an opening for its head in the middle of it and it shall... Have a woven binding all around its opening, like the opening in a coat of mail, so that it does not tear. And upon its hem, you shall make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet all around the all around its hem, and bells of gold between them, all around. A golden bell and a pomegranate, and a golden bell and a pomegranate and upon the hem of the robe all around. So that's the decoration on the bottom. And so when these guys would swish, move, and walk, you'd hear that, you know. A little bit of a jingling kind of thing. I always hear him. It's interesting how God does this. I want you to be visually stimulating for people to see, and I also want that audible. He knows us, doesn't he? He knows what gets us, what gets our attention, how he can teach us. He's a good teacher. So I want you to do this. And it shall be upon Aaron when he ministers, and its sound will be heard when he goes into the holy place before the Lord, and when he comes out that he may not die. (laughs) <laughs> um, it, this isn't an easy job. The first two guys that get to be priests die here, <laughs> right off the bat. It's a very dangerous thing to come into the presence of a holy God. I sent off that little uh, video for everybody to watch through email. I sent off through Facebook. I did it as many ways as I possibly could for you to see it, because I think it did a really good job as to understanding God's holiness. Um, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it was really good how they... It helped me understand it even a little bit better. I like that. I like those, those aids. Well, to be in God's holy presence as an unholy being, as these guys are, you had to make sure everything was right. You had to do everything right. You didn't get to ad-lib. And the first two guys ad lib their worship. And they bring profane fire before the Lord. And fire comes out of the altar and swallows the first two priests up. Oh, I guess God was serious about doing it the way he told us to do it, you know? I guess we don't get to ad lib. That's what he says, these bells are for, that he may not die. I don't know how long it took him to figure this out, but it said, tradition says, that the high priest would have a rope tied around his ankle when he'd go into the Holy of Holies. Once a year, they got to do that. They had to go into the Holy of Holies. That means you're on the other side of the curtain. Remember we talked about that 10-inch to 18-inch thick curtain that kept us them safe from being in the presence of a pure and perfect God? Once a year, you had to go on the other side of that curtain. And so they'd tie a rope around his ankle. And as long as they heard the bells, okay, Bob's okay. If the bells stopped for an extended period of time, they just pull the rope because Bob's dead. He didn't make it. Yeah, we kind of giggle. Oh, I don't know. Your turn to be high priest. Oh, you know, breastplate's cool. That once a year thing. Here's the idea. It was a very reverent and very holy thing. It was a very thoughtful thing. It was a very um, fearful thing to come into the presence of God. There was a respect. I heard a news station up north in Omaha describing their Saturday morning and Sunday morning lineup. And one of them is, um, I won't say the denomination, but it's, it's time with the man upstairs. I understand they're trying to be cute, and I understand they're trying to draw in a different crowd. I understand, I understand why they do what they do. I just can't do it just can't call him the god of the universe the creator of all life and holds everything in his hands the guy upstairs you know so dangerous to have that flippancy i think even though we are sons and daughters in christ we're born again we're the high priest I think it's a good idea to have some respect and reverence when you come into God's word, when you come into worship, when you come into prayer. I think those are the three times we come in contact with God, besides him walking with us. I think there needs to be a reverence and a respect when we come into these places. And so as much as I'm glad he calls me a friend, I always want to remember my position in my place. He's my king, you know, he's my lord. And so he put those bells on there for a reason. When you hear the jingling, everything's okay. If not, hmm, maybe next year. And that's the idea. The high priest is supposed to walk out after making intercession for the nation once a year. Yom Kippur is when they would do this. And say, all, all forgiven, you're forgiven. You know? And everybody would cheer because, all right, we made it another year kind of thing. But sometimes they didn't. Verse 36. You shall also make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it, like the engraving of the signet. Holiness to the Lord is what it would say. Holiness to the Lord. And you shall put it on a blue cord that it may be on the turban. It shall be on the front of the turban. So it shall be on on Aaron's forehead that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things. It just seems like a contradiction there, doesn't it? Aaron's going to bear the iniquity, we all know what iniquity is, that sin or impurity of the holy things. Which the children of Israel hallow in all their holy gifts, and it shall always be on his forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord. The Israelites would bring sacrifices, they would bring their offerings to the Lord, and as pure and as holy as they thought their motives were, or their intentions were, or the items were, What completed the process, what made them holy, was the fact that Aaron was holding them. The high priest had a hold of them. Something happened between their hands and his hands. And he would wear this on top, saying, whatever iniquity is left, whatever has come short of the expectations of God here, it's made up for in the fact that I'm holding it now. And that's why he would wear that. And our high priest, Jesus, has that. We are being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We're born again. We're saved. We're going to go to heaven. That's a no-brainer. That's done. That's behind us. The cross is sufficient for us. His grace is sufficient for us. And yet I know daily I fall short of the glory of God, even though I'm made perfect in Christ because I'm being conformed. Everybody here is on a different road. Here's the road. I will not say journey. Here's the road. (laughs) I hate that. Here's the road, here's where you start, and here's where you end up in heaven. And all of us are somewhere on here. Some of us are up here, some of us are way back here, you just got started. Some of us are just going leaps and bounds over everybody else in their growth and coming closer to Christ, right? Being like him. But whatever distance there is, no matter where you are on this road, when you get to be in heaven, Christ has made up the difference. Someone who just, the thief on the cross who just got saved, didn't have a whole lot of time for getting pure and doing good things, right? And all these things that we think are really helpful. Today you're going to be with me in paradise, he said. Christ makes up the difference. And so that's the idea. I want this on your forehead. I want everybody to know that these holy gifts that they're bringing, whatever iniquity is left, he bears it. He bears it. You shall skillfully weave the tunic, verse 39, of fine linen thread. You shall make the turban of fine linen, and you shall make the sash of woven work. Now, that's all his stuff. Okay, Um, Now, for Aaron's sons, these are the extras, these are the other priests, not the high priests, but the others, you shall make tunics, and you shall make sashes for them, and you shall make hats for them, for glory and beauty. So you shall put them on, Aaron, your brother, and on his sons with him. You shall anoint them, consecrate them, and sanctify them, that they may minister to me as priests. Not a whole lot of detail in their stuff. They get to wear the sash, and they get to wear the, the ephod, and it's going to be beautiful and bring glory also, but in some kind of hat, um, headpiece, probably a turban, but maybe a little shorter, I don't know. Um, but they got to wear them, but not, not the breastplate, not the onyx stones, not the holiness to the Lord. That's all, that's all the high priest. That's all Christ. But they get to be a part of it. They get to be a part of that ministry. And if you would see the courtyard and the high priest doing his one thing that he would do, you'd see all the other brothers and all the other Ari- the Arianic priesthood all doing their thing, all busy, all working, you know. Interceding to God on behalf of the people and telling people and interceding to them on behalf of God. They'd be those people. And that's what we do. We don't wear the breastplate, we don't bear the sins. We are. Aren't holiness to the Lord. We don't make other people's sacrifices acceptable. That's Christ's job. But our job is to pray for people, pray with people, to be his ambassadors, to be doing his work, to be wearing linen for sure, never sweating it. Motivated by inspiration, not perspiration. You know, ministry should always be that. It's something I've always held on to from my uh, being trained up in ministry. You want to be, want ministry to be inspired by God. Not perspired, not perspiration. If we work harder, maybe we could get more people, you know, kind of thing. Well, if you work harder to get more people, you're just going to have to work harder to keep more people. It should be inspiration. People should be coming because they want to seek the Lord, because they want to worship, not because of a program. Or because you do this, that, or the other thing, or the color of the carpet, or whatever it may be. No, or the music, and and none of that. It should be by Inspiration blood of the spirit and so Aaron's sons here's what you guys wear and then set them aside because I want them to do that I don't want them busy doing other things this is what I want them doing I want them focused on this so set them apart for this and you shall make for them linen trousers to cover their nakedness so they get linen underwear too so I mean God thought all the way down didn't he I love it um and they and they shall reach it says from waist uh, to the thighs so they're boxers um and I say that respectfully. I don't know. I, I sh- you shouldn't talk about stuff like that. But I, I, so I'm trying to I'm trying to picture in my mind. Okay, when would this look? It'll be boxer? Wouldn't be briefs? It's box- That's how I think. Down to the thighs, and they'd be around the waist, and and uh, I don't want any nakedness seen. That's all completely covered. Um, there is no. You remember why that is? I mean, you know why we wear clothes, right? Not because. Well, I know we because of the garden. 'Cause of the garden. I mean honestly, none of us should be wearing anything right now. If everything went like it was supposed to in the garden, we'd all be naked as jaybirds running around and be just fine with it too. We'd all be okay with it, but we're not. And so God covers us. He's covered us. He made those animal skins for them and they tried fig leaves and they were too itchy and scratchy, and God made a better way for them. And I want that nakedness covered. I want that covered. It's important. I don't want your nakedness seen. And so as high priests, we want to make sure we're completely covered. nothing hidden, you know? Of course, the, of course, the robe of righteousness of Christ covers us. But he's also got this extra pair of little paint, we'll call them trousers, that's what God calls them. We'll call them trousers, little trousers there, just to make sure that you're completely covered, you know that if you stumble or if you fell, your nakedness wouldn't get exposed, you know? He's thinking of them. I like that. I want you completely covered. He wants us completely covered. Yes, of course, I want you to look morally. We should all look moral out on the outside. We should walk worthy of the calling. But what goes on in our minds? What goes on when no one's around? You know, when no one sees? That's when we want the trousers. That's when we want that linen garment that's under to be covering. They should be on Aaron and on his son's. When they come into the tabernacle of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister in the holy place, they do not incur iniquity and die. It shall be a statute forever to him and his descendants after him. And I want you to wear these things is the idea. So that's where we close today. Let's let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this example and this uh, very colorful description of what the high priest and the other priests would be wearing and how it all points to your son Jesus. It was written for them, so they knew what to wear and how to make it. It was very important, but it was also important for us to read because these things are written for our admonition, that we would re- be reminded of what our high priest has done for us and is doing for us. also tells us what our calling is as priests. We don't have to discern the Lord's will. We pray, and we seek the Lord, and we're led by the Spirit. We have people on our hearts because Christ has people on His heart. We're always uh, thankful for the iniquities that you bear, Lord, whether that's in our imperfect sacrifices of service to you or whether that's our actual sins when we came to know you as our Lord and Savior and trusted in you for salvation. All of that, Lord, it's all you, and we thank you for it, what you've fulfilled, what you've accomplished. We're so thankful that it's so much easier now, so much more simple. It's you. You are the fulfillment of the Old Testament. All of it is in you, and we have you. So we thank you for that, Lord. We don't have to read, memorize, or make sure we've got certain things on or we've said the right things or we've offered the right sacrifice. You are the perfection. And we rest in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, good to have a good rest of the day, guys. Remember we're having uh, baseball at Beale Park today at 2.30. If you can join us for that, come on out for that.